Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Sunday, Hurricane Fiona knocked out power for 1.5 million customers in Puerto Rico. The storm hit five years after Hurricane Maria, which made landfall and left nearly 3,000 residents dead. Fiona has already triggered catastrophic blackouts and has intensified the anger and frustration many Puerto Ricans have toward the company that manages the power grid and the island's government. Luma Energy, the company that manages the grid, and Puerto Rico's government, led by Governor Pedro Pierluisi, have faced public protests and calls for its contract to be canceled, since residents deal with frequent power outages even when there aren't extreme weather events. So today, we check in with Politico's Gloria Gonzalez about Puerto Rico's power system after Hurricane Fiona, how Luma Energy and the island's government are responding, and how this all impacts Puerto Rico's long-term renewable energy goals. It's Tuesday, September 20th. So Gloria, Hurricane Fiona knocked out power in all of Puerto Rico on Sunday, making landfall two days before the five-year anniversary of Hurricane Maria. So how devastating is this storm compared to that one? And what do we know so far? Yes. So what's going on on the island right now is the power hasn't been restored to most of the island. I will start off by saying that this outcome was not entirely unpredictable. The grid has been very fragile for the last several years, including the last year and a half under the management of Luma Energy, the private company that was hired last year to manage the grid. In terms of comparisons to Hurricane Maria, this storm was a Category 1 storm compared to Maria's Category 4 status. So from an intensity perspective, it was not as significant event as Maria, but it is having some of the same types of effects as Maria had. In terms of another comparison to Maria, one of the things that is really interesting about this particular storm is that it appears to be more of a rainfall event than a wind event. And that has several implications, including the fact that the solar power systems that people have on their homes seem to be holding up so far. And that's important because advocates have been pushing the Biden administration and FEMA to use some of the billions of dollars that have been obligated to reconstruct Puerto Rico's grid towards implementation of solar panel systems across the island. One of the challenges for Puerto Rico residents is that due to the high poverty levels, many of them cannot afford on their own to put solar power systems on their rooftops. So what the advocates want is for the Biden administration to use that money to help fund those types of solar system projects. Right. And so how is the power grid still so vulnerable? You mentioned this isn't a surprise, but Governor Pedro Pierluisi earlier this year, he told you in an interview, the grid is stable, quote, but that clearly isn't true, right? No, it isn't. And he's since walked back some of those comments. Recently, he has expressed frustration with Luma and said that there will be consequences if the grid continues to go down. This outage was obviously related to Fiona, but the grid system has been troubled for years and there have been frequent outages unrelated to natural disasters, including one 
in April that caused an island-wide blackout that lasted five days in some parts of the island. So there is clearly a continuing instability of the grid that has frustrated the residents of Puerto Rico. Right. And so Luma comes on after Hurricane Maria. And then there's also PROMESA, which is this oversight board that was put in place under the Obama administration to monitor the island's finances. So this storm is is obviously already prompting mounting frustration with those two entities. So why have they not been able to get this situation under control? Well, if you ask Luma, what they will say is that they inherited a problematic grid, a grid that was troubled and deteriorating due to a lack of investment by BREPA, which was the entity that controlled the grid prior to Luma taking over last year. And so while they'll say that they have made progress and some experts will agree that they have made some progress in terms of safety improvements and some improvements in terms of addressing some of the frequency of the outages, others will say that they have not actually made as much progress as they have said. And so that's the issue with Luma, with Promesa. The issue there is that they are still working on trying to do basic restructuring of Puerto Rico's debt, including with PREPA, which had a debt total of about just under $9 billion. And right now they're in a fight with the bondholders to try to sort out what is going on and how much can PREPA realistically pay back the bondholders. But because they have been unable to come to any type of agreement on that front recently, it's still an ongoing process and it's really campering the ability to move forward on some of their initiatives. They'll say they have made progress. And one evidence of that is Luma's participation. They did manage to get the grid under private operation, which was a goal of theirs. But Brepa still controls the power plants, which have their own problems, including the fact that they are aging and frequently going down with unplanned outages. And this is all happening as, as you mentioned, some residents who have solar power systems on their homes and businesses have managed to keep the lights on. It's, of course, an affordability issue for a lot of people. But Puerto Rico does have these aggressive renewable energy obligations. So what kind of progress has the island made in transitioning its grid to make it less vulnerable to these types of storms? And if the progress hasn't been that great, what's been holding it back? Yes, so Puerto Rico actually has a target of moving towards 100% renewable energy by 2050. The challenge there is that they haven't made a lot of progress towards that goal. Renewable energy on the island is still in the low single-digit range, and some of the reconstruction of the grid and power system, some of the funding for that is expected to go to renewables, but much of the funding is also expected to go to maintain or possibly build new natural gas infrastructure. And so that's one of the challenges toward getting to this 100% goal that not all the funding is going towards renewables energy. It's Some of it is going to go towards fossil fuel infrastructure, which is something that the environmental advocates on the island will say is problematic and really will keep Puerto Rico from meeting that legislative target. But others will say that it's necessary to keep the power system going, especially given that there continues to be all these challenges with the fragility of the grid and the system overall. 
anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I think it's important to remember what the consequences are for the people on the island of Puerto Rico. Whenever there's a power outage, it causes damage to equipment for businesses. We know of at least one hospital that had to be partly evacuated after its backup power system failed. There have been other disruptions, including to water services. For people who are on medications that need to be cooled to a certain temperature, not having reliable powers is problematic. And we could see some issues related to those types of disruptions. Going back to Maria, one of the challenges there and one of the reasons why so many people died, nearly 3,000 deaths are attributed to Maria, was the fact that there were these ongoing healthcare power outage and water system failures in the weeks after the hurricane actually passed through. So while this hurricane does not, Fiona, does not appear to have been as intense, we will have to keep an eye on what will happen in the next few weeks and what it means for people if the power system is not restored quickly. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.